Hi, and welcome to Authentically ADHD with me, Carmen, your host. I created this podcast to help anybody that struggles with neurodiversity. As a late diagnosed ADHDer, teacher, and life coach, I want to help as many people as I can with this disorder, give you tips, tricks, the new research, and some mindset work along the way. I'm here to spread positivity and help seriously as many people as possible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, my friend, and welcome back to the Authentically ADHD podcast. How are you? No, for real. How are you? Last, uh, last week's episode was deep, so thank you for tuning in for episode two of three in the Overcoming Overwhelm series. I would love to hear your takeaways from episode one. Get in touch with me at Carmen authentically ADHD or authentically ADHD on TikTok. Um, My Facebook and Instagram links will be in the show notes. So today we are going to deconstruct overwhelm. I'm going to go into why validating the overwhelm is useful. I'm going to list some of the reasons that ADHDers struggle to stay out of overwhelm and to get out of it. And the first step was becoming aware. That was episode one. This is the part where we understand. We need to be aware and we need to understand what's happening before we can do anything about it. So, first we become aware of the fact that we are overwhelmed. Then understand why it makes sense. Then finally using the tools to get out of the negative spiral of overwhelm. So... Let's get into it. Why do ADHDers get overwhelmed so easily? Well, we have ADHD, a neurodevelopmental disorder that affects the way our brains work. We have difficulty with our executive functions, and a lot of executive functions have to do with tasks we have to do. We also say yes when we want to say no way too much. Because a lot of people with ADHD struggle with people-pleasing, so we say yes even when we don't have the time or the capacity, just so we don't make anybody feel bad. So then, that becomes like we're overscheduled. We have overscheduled ourselves, which will create overwhelm. We feel that all the tasks are the most important. This has to do with the lack of prioritization, another deficient part of our frontal cortex. Prioritization is harder for ADHDers, so when you look at your to-do list, your messy room, your closet of doom, we have no idea where to start or what to do because our brain screams everything at the same volume. We can't prioritize what's most important because our brains try to convince us that it's all the most important. Another reason for overwhelm in ADHD brain is that we have a low time awareness. Do you ever feel like you are doing something and you're like, yeah, only five minutes has gone by and it's been two hours? That's because the ADHD brain does not feel the passing of time like a typical brain does. 
And management of time is a difficult thing for ADHD brains because we have a lack of awareness of that time in general. We know of time in two ways, now and not now. So this adds to our overwhelm and chaos in our lives. Another reason that we get stuck in overwhelm is that we are dishonest with ourselves and others. We think that we can do it all and we don't ask for help. Asking for help used to cause me shaming myself for not being able to get all of my tasks done. And this is, this is actually living in fantasy. This is something ADHDers do a lot. We try to bend time to fit our schedule. But we're not magicians, my friends. We, we cannot do that. We try to hold a bunch of these to-dos in our brains, which aren't even all the things we actually need to do. This leads into a related reason of we have too many shoulds on our list. Things we think we have to do or could do or want to do, but they are not must tasks. An example of a should is I should clean out the garage. A must is I must pay the electricity bill. Those shoulds and coulds are taking up space in your brain space you need to actually get your must-dos done. Remember, your brain is not meant to hold all that crap. Your brain is to keep you alive and to problem-solve. Another reason we fall into this overwhelm cycle is that we rely on others' opinions to guide our own actions. This is called an external locus of evaluation, meaning we value what others think and we use those thoughts to guide our actions when we should be using our internal locus of evaluation, valuing what we think and maybe a few trusted people in our lives and live by that. This has to do with our need to feel like we are doing it. Whatever it is, it's the need to feel like we were doing it right, quote unquote. We believe that if we are doing it right, we will feel better. But the truth is, you define what something is doing right. You define what that means. A lot of times, ADHDers think that by doing something right, it means we are successful. But that's not always the case. Sure, completing a project in the correct way by following the directions can feel awesome. But there are many ways that we can complete a task that doesn't have to be the right way or with it doesn't even have to align with the quote-unquote right way. You define what's right. The next reason we tend to get stuck in overwhelm is the lack of ability to take a project or task and break it down into the smallest parts. Then deciding which one to do, that's the prioritization. Then to start the task, whew, task initiation is one of the executive functions we are low in. So starting that task feels like a mountain. <clears throat> Tell me, does overwhelm actually make you feel like you're going to die? It used to do that to me too. Another executive function we are low in is our working memory. We forget to check in with our capacity. We forget to meet our basic needs. We forget to treat our ADHD. We forget to schedule. We forget to write it down. Then we forget about those items on our schedule. This is what living in chaos looks like. Living in chaos and overwhelm can also be something we grew up with. 
So not living in overwhelm and chaos is actually uncomfortable. I'm going to say that again. Living in chaos and overwhelm can also be something we grew up with. So when we are not living in chaos and overwhelm, we are actually uncomfortable. I know you're like, um, what? No, I don't choose to live like this. But this is not comfortable. And you're right. It's not comfortable. But your brain, it's familiar. To your brain, it's familiar. Our brains love the familiar. So living in this chaos becomes your set point. A set point applies to all parts of life. It's the point in which our brains are comfortable or used to. So when we try to improve, it creates this cognitive dissonance, which is a mental conflict and confusion because your brain's negative beliefs do not line up with your actions when you're trying to improve. This cognitive dissonance creates uncomfortable feelings in our body. So we stop the improvement and a lot of times follow it up with going into a negative shame spiraling thought of I'll never be able to do it. I can't get it right. I'll never change, etc., etc. Now, this is where emotional regulation comes in. When we have to tolerate those yucky emotions when they come in. We don't like to feel uncomfortable. Who does? But feeling those emotions is how we move forward. It's how we improve. This is our brain's default. We overschedule, overcommit, should on ourselves and end up having enough capacity and or time to do what we need to do. We don't do it. Then we shame ourselves for not being able to just do it. Essentially, we overwhelm ourselves and then we can't live up to our outlandish expectations that we set, we beat ourselves up. Do you relate to this? If so, I have a question for you that my coach asks me a lot. How is it working for you? Is it working? Is all this overwhelm and self berating and beating up and guilting yourself, is it working? If you're listening, the answer is probably no, it's not working. If it is working, I, I'm not sure why you're listening, but usually it's not. I'm not working. <laughs> but out of comfortability, we hold on to the negative thought patterns that really do not serve us. And this is why self-awareness and self-acceptance come first when improving ourselves. We have a hard time breaking the patterns that we grew up using. These maladaptive coping strategies worked when we were growing up, but we learned that these ways to cope worked as we grew now that we are grown they don't work anymore you have a you have to be consciously ready to make these changes you have to decide as an autonomous adult that you are done using these maladaptive coping mechanisms now if you have been a long time listener you've heard me say this before but it is Psych 101, and I'm not sure why we aren't taught this earlier. That situations um, trigger thoughts. We have thoughts about them. Those trigger emotions. The thoughts trigger the emotion. The emotion drives our action or inaction, which creates a result. So let's say we have a situation. Let's say a messy car. We need to clean it. That's the situation. Your car is messy. 
if the thought here is along the lines of, I don't know where to start, how will I get all this done, your emotion will be overwhelmed. Do you complete projects when you feel overwhelmed? I don't. Usually what happens when I'm overwhelmed is procrastination, avoidance, buffering, and hiding. Those are the actions that usually are taken from overwhelm. Because when we fuel ourselves with the emotion of overwhelm, it's very hard to actually be productive. So how do we switch this up? First, we have to let ourselves feel, friends, and I'm going to guide you through a practice to help you do that. So sit down, get comfortable, and let's do this. This is something you might want to come back to every now and then to try to shift your emotions or just to try to feel your emotions. This is about a two-minute practice. First, I want you to ground yourself. You are safe here. Look around. Notice how safe you are. Slowly drop down into your body, knowing you are safe. This practice is not very comfortable, but you are safe. Take two to three full, deep breaths. I like to close my eyes and slowly drop my attention down into my body. Observe without judgment. Imagine a bubble around you getting bigger and bigger and bigger to allow the emotion in. Allow it to get bigger. Remind yourself that emotions are meant to be felt. Then I like to locate it. Where do I feel it in my body? What does it feel like? What color does it have? Keep imagining more space around you. Let the emotion just be there. Not to judge, but to start to identify what you are feeling. If I'm feeling anger, I drop down into my body. It's usually in the pit of my stomach. It feels like it not. It's red. It's hard. And it's something I know how to shift out of. As you do this more and more, you will find ways that work for you to tell you and to let the emotion grow and be there for a minute. This process should only take about two minutes. So as you start to come back to the room you're in, while the emotion gets smaller, the wave is getting smaller and smaller. Try to identify it. If you can't, that's okay. Emotions come in waves, so you have to let it know that it's okay if it comes back. Validate it that it's okay to feel this emotion, whatever it is. Just giving you space. This is the part where we identify the emotion, the thoughts that are triggering that emotion, 
and what results are being created by you. Here is my little disclaimer. This takes practice. It has taken me a year to recognize. Actually, let's start with it's taken me a year to stop. Recognize that I'm having emotion. Sit with the emotion. Examine my thoughts and really be honest with myself about the results that I'm creating. Because sometimes when you look at all those thoughts and you actually see that you're the one creating these awful results you have, you really have to be willing to be honest with yourself without shame. That is, if that's the one thing you take away from this podcast, remember, shame does not foster growth. Not at all. So get that shame out of here. And let's get productive instead of reactive. That's all I have for you this week. Next week, episode three, we will talk about the tools and strategies to stay out of overwhelm as you live every day. Stay authentic, my friends. We will talk soon. Are you looking to get more support from a trauma-informed coach? in a coaching program, possibly looking for community, looking for people who understand you and for strategies and real life ways to get better with your ADHD, I would love to join, to invite you to join Focused, the program made for adults with ADHD. Kristen Carter is amazing and she has made an amazing program for adults with ADHD. So this holiday season, give yourself a gift and use my show notes link to save money on your first month of Focused. I mean, it saves us both some money on a month of Focused and who couldn't save some money around this time of year? Hope to see you in there.